0: A podcast about the CW's Riverdale that harkens back to a classic storytelling method. Of course, I'm referring to
2: The Clips Show. I'm Alex. <laughs> when you shine a light on darkness, does it reveal that it was hidden in the darkness, <laughs> or does it expound on an even darker darkness that was underneath the darkness the entire time? I'm Justin. And this is, as mentioned, Riverdale After Dark.
0: Our knives are out this episode as we talk about Chapter 72, oh. The Locked Room.
2: Just get it out of the Very way up Very cool, yeah. Any other references we want to make? I I think we're good on just uh, just that. I guess uh, Agatha Christie. He's referenced. Jughead referenced, uh references a ton of um, random books throughout <laughs> this. Yeah, he's like Moby Dick, Harry Potter. The Bible. Well, he says that like, he's like, remember Lord of the Flies? (laughs) He's like, remember this Mark Twain quote? I will say, Jughead's knowledge of books seems very basic. Yes, exactly. He went to eighth grade? (laughs) I
0: (laughs) I think so. He does mention towards the end of the episode that he's going to be having trouble graduating from high school. And I assume that's because he has an eighth grade education. He hasn't done the reading he yep. hasn't done the modern reading. So this is a big episode. Yeah. We are going to get into recap of what's happened so far. You know what? I don't even think we need to do recap of what's happened so far because this episode is recap. Right. It's I was joking about it before, but this is the closest that Riverdale will come to a clip show. Though of course this is how you do this sort of thing.
2: Exactly. I don't knock them for yeah, having it be this. Um but it it, it is very Weird as a an episode of Riverdale In that it focuses on one Thing basically the entire time yes. And there's no real diversions well, let's, Even Cheryl when she comes in is Just doing the main story stuff
0: r- Right well uh, she uh, There's a couple of scenes that happen outside of it uh, But I think uh, while we're Getting into like review of the episode the thing, One of the things that I liked about It there was a certain point After about the first 15 minutes Or so that Betty and Jughead are walking through this Mystery where I was like we're just seeing stuff that we saw before. And just as that happened, it started to turn and they started to expand on scenes and grow yeah. out of them and add to them. And I realized, okay, th- this is what they're going for here.
2: It didn't, that didn't bother me as much uh, because it definitely felt like it was, look at all of these things we showed you and look how much more there is to it. And look what matters. It's sort of like a magic trick where it's like, yes. they, they showed you the trick and you we as viewers are like, what? I yeah. was you're, that was you're cool. bumping
0: right up against
2: the prestige. Fee, speech. I'm not, gonna say, <laughs> I'm not going to say. The I'm not going to say prestige. Not going to. I wouldn't do <laughs> that. I've
0: done. I've done I that. Can feel it though. No, I can no, no, Feel no, it no,
2: coming. No, 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 no. no, there are. There are. I'm just saying. There are three parts to this. <laughs> plot, this story, uh-huh. and we've just uh, seen a a, a few. Of
0: them. Well, we see the first part of the second part, but what are we seeing now?
2: I guess this episode is the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. There are three. <laughs> the Good pot. is the prestige.
0: I do what I ask, and we are gonna walk through this whole episode. Uh, but this is this is the resolution, as far as we know, and granted this is Riverdale, so next episode they'd be like, just kidding, that was all wrong. Yeah. But assuming this is the resolution of the mystery that we've been following since the end of season three, since the season three finale. How did you feel about it? How did you feel about this resolution?
2: Uh, I thought, um, they. I think they did a great job. And they, I mean, this is, everyone's having such a good time. Like, uh, Jughead and Betty are having a blast. Oh, yeah. They're through this whole, um, and Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt as well. It fe- felt like this was like, look at this, you idiots. We have this whole story. And so I think that was nice. I think they did a really good job of making this Agatha Christie style reveal where it's like, It's like the end of a murder she wrote, any sort of like dime store novel type television show or or any sort of mystery story. It's like you save for the last 10 pages, the walkthrough reveal. It's like, here are all the clues. You didn't figure it out. We did. That's why we're the detectives. And that's what this was. So I think they did a great job of executing that. Um, I will say I was surprised that we didn't get more folded into this. It really was just the Stonewall mystery. I thought there'd be either more threads coming out or more outside threads coming in. Like last episode, a prediction that I thought was very good that was going to pay off was Mr. Honey being the relation to Donna. And that was clearly not the case. Uh, And so it was very much a bottled up mystery.
0: Yeah, which I appreciated. You know, something that uh, I tweeted about the episode was that I found it very, very satisfying and I'm not going to say anything more about that. And I made a mistake in Twitter land because immediately people are like, oh shit, phallus wedding proposal. Oh my god, Jody, you're getting married. Oh my god. And just all these shipping things and I was like, oh, I vastly misunderstood how interested people were into the mystery (laughs) of the show. And
2: I think that's a fair thing. (laughs) I think throughout All of Riverdale, people care so much more about the relationships and less about the plot, which I think is actually good for the show. It shows that the show is very healthy. It's about the characters, not the individual storylines.
0: But I would say, to your point, the thing that I was so impressed by with this episode, and I think there's a couple of creaky points throughout that we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, the mystery is pretty simple. Like, we had as usual with Riverdale, wild off the wall theories about almost everything. Yeah.
2: But the way that Betty and Jughead walked through it is like, no, this is this is pretty straightforward. It, the way they walked through it made me think like, what the fuck else was on the murder board? Right. The murder <laughs> board was like three <laughs> panels long took up the whole sex bunker. I was like, they, the mystery was like a sort of one line yeah. collecting different generations. Right. And we kind of figured it out, but I think we,
0: again, because the Riverdale nature just spiraled in so many directions of like, there's a replacement Jughead clone There's uh, Yes There's souphead. There's some sort of Hypnosis going on There's snake demons There could
2: still be Hypnosis There still could be All of those things How's Hiram involved? Is Miss Grundy Going to appear? <laughs> Where's Dilton's gun? But, <laughs> it's like well.
0: but, all, but yeah But ultimately It was like Like you're saying Like the prestige It was exactly What they showed it But we didn't believe it Because that solution Was almost too simple Yes And there's a couple Of twists there But ultimately the, That's what makes It a good mystery And I I honestly think, like, again, with one or two creaky points, this is probably one of the uh, tightest constructed mysteries that Riverdale has done in four seasons.
2: It's definitely the cleanest yes. and most direct, like the least wooly. And that's why I was sort of expecting it to be a little woolier, and I sort of like those weirder points where like, oh, it was this, this person's <laughs> in it? And it's like, right. what? Well, like uh, the season three thing, which was
0: batshit and yeah. all over the place, but brought together where there was like, oh, there's a big guy dressed as a bear. That worked. Yeah. <laughs> that brought it together, I yeah. guess.
2: And, the, right. and it is satisfying.
0: In the yeah. Riverdale way, it's satisfying. But this is more satisfying, like, oh, they actually spent the time to construct a mystery that works.
2: And for a season, uh, or this so far into the season built around like a Hardy Boy style mystery. Like that's legitimately what this was. Exactly. This exactly. was a Baxter Brothers mystery.
0: And I am curious when we get to the end to talk about where we're going next yeah. with this. But again, rather than recapping it, because they recap everything in the episode, why don't we walk through it?
2: Great. Let's do it. Uh, so we start the episode with a little uh, Jughead narration, which yep. is a fresh idea. Uh, something we really Finally get to hear uh, Just getting at him talking about His time when he was Quote unquote dead um, He got to read His obituaries Sort of creeped On his own funeral Yeah
0: that. it's funny That Reggie It was a joke Of the last episode Where Reggie was like Epic prank Got to watch Your own funeral And then he's like I set up cameras At my funeral Yeah
2: exactly <laughs> uh, Very weird And like And we don't really see much of this, but like the reactions to Jughead being alive is like, oh, here we go. (laughs) It's never, no one's ever like, oh, dear God, why would you do that? Except for FP. Everyone else is like, oh, hey, great. Yeah. Great to see you. And I I appreciate that.
0: I mean, they've dealt with a lot in Riverdale over the past couple of seasons, and I know some fans were missing the emotional reaction, like crying over Jughead. But. Just get to it. Like, they've done, we've seen the crying, we've seen the emotion out of people. It's much more interesting to see how they put this together and how they pulled this off than anything else.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, and we can fill in the gaps of the crying on our own.
0: Exactly. Time. Exactly. I mean, we're going to get to it in a second, but I think Jellybean's reaction was almost the best one to me. Oh, yeah. I like that quite a bit.
2: And again, Jellybean, a character who, when she was first brought in, is established as like, uh, like, sort of a bad guy. Yeah. And now she's just, like, a very chill, like, yeah, let me know what happens. She's <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> yeah, a, just text me or anything. Yeah, text like me that. when my brother is alive again. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, this happens where this is jumping ahead, like, one scene. I guess there's a... We see the Archie holding hands
2: thing. Yes. Uh, the great scene that was... Uh, that you posted the picture of... <laughs> oh, my Betty God. Betty and Archie holding hands in class and Veronica in the background being like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I... I'm sure we can get into this as well. I think her emotion is real. Who, Betty? No, Veronica.
2: I think... Like, Betty and Archie will talk to... I think
0: all of those emotions are real. Oh, shit. Definitely Veronica, though. Like, I think... I get a sense, at least the way that Camilla Mendez is playing it, that there's legit jealousy coming out towards Betty Oh, she's
2: every right to. Like, yeah, uh, sure. Their, Jughead's plan was, uh, like, Jughead and Betty's plan is like, okay, and I need to cover this by making out with Archie? Like, even <laughs> Veronica's <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's like they're going to kiss. It weird, too, that right after Jughead wakes up, when he's like,
0: uh, no hospital, and she's like,
2: and I get to make out with Archie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very weird. Very but. weird for Betty to be so into that. I mean, it's not weird in a bad way. It's weird in a, like, I knew it for all of these seasons. Yes. so I'm a genius.
0: <laughs> I knew it. I, and still, I'm still hesitant about how much they're going to develop this, but there's certainly something going on. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, The jelly bean scene, again, she figures out Jughead is alive because Betty is talking to Charles and the walls are thin, which totally makes sense. But the way that she approaches it and just like, just tell me
2: if he's alive, if it's true. I'm not into your bullshit. I commit crimes on my own time and uh, I don't want to deal with your little mysteries. It's also interesting the
0: order that everybody was brought in to the circle of trust here, because as we find out later... It wasn't this massive plaid. There is nothing about the rabbit mask or
2: anything like that. No, no we, show game. I can't believe the rabbit That's mask. That's bonkers. The rabbit, why did he put it on? I don't know. And then just immediately take it off? I'm not sure. Was that a purposeful red herring or was it just like a weird idea? Like, I don't know. I think I think the idea was to like rile up Brett or something. How? How I don't does know. that?
0: He doesn't like the rabbits.
2: I maybe. To me, I thought it was going to be a reference to Donnie Darko or some kind of sure. thing like that. And instead, it was just a random idea that was immediately... And Jug even's like, and then I took the rabbit mask off. <laughs> and is it, is it ever like... i never referred to it again. <laughs> exactly.
0: But so he died. I mean, this is jumping way out of order with the episode, but just to like talk about the circle of trust thing... He they thought he was dead. Uh Betty, Veronica, and Archie find out immediately. Then Charles comes in. I do want to talk
2: about the FBI guys later on. Oh, do you mean the FBI med van they ordered? <laughs> yes. That was totally fine and never yes, first no. off, what's a med van? I don't know. With like two old timey milkmen who were right, working. Exactly. In it? They were wearing weird clothes. <laughs> they were. And they all of a sudden fixed Jugger like No more questions for us, uh, other FBI members. (laughs) Stapled up his head. All good. All brains present and accounted for. It looks like this cloth beanie protected him from the brunt (laughs) of the rock. We're the
0: FBI. (laughs) Goodbye, (laughs) female beanie inspectors. Remember to send us the rock
2: covered in fake blood for us to test (laughs) in one day. You need any
0: milk? Let us know about (laughs) that, too. Uh, Anyway, so they knew. Charles knew. And then Jelly Bean finds out after that. And then we find out uh, FP found out after that. So it is interesting that, like, it wasn't everybody in on it immediately. It was this slow rollout of how they told people. Yeah. Uh, And I like that reveal. Like, that actually... Made a lot more sense than everybody keeping everything secret for so long,
2: and it made them like, especially like Archie, it made it be like a human thing to do as opposed yeah. to a a convoluted plan. Archie was just like, I can't lie to my mom about this because I feel bad, <laughs> right? Which is a very Archie thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, FP gets brought into
0: it next. Uh, Betty talks to FP. Uh, that's so they can set up the search party. Then Archie tells Mary, and then the next one, which. It kind of explained, actually, like a missing piece of information in the last episode uh, is that Veronica brings in Hermosa,
2: Well, Hermosa sort of Hermosa sort of busts her. Sure. And then Veronica's like, fuck, okay. Because Hermosa is going to go tell people. Yeah. And they made a lot of hay out of like Hermosa's like, I'm a licensed detective. Yes, we know that you're a Did living. you
0: say that last episode and I completely missed
2: it? I don't think so, but okay. it did seem like it was something that was Known, yeah, but it, it made, they they said it so many times, and me think the show is like, no, she's a licensed detective. Now that's knows how. This. Yeah,
0: that's her pilot. She's a licensed detective who works out of
2: a bar in, in Miami. Miami. <laughs> you know, All licensed detectives come from Miami, like Miami Vice uh-huh. and others. Yes, dot dot dot. Mm. A lot of dot, dot, dots when it comes to Hermosa in general. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, there's
0: a great line that she has where she's like, okay, tell me honestly, you killed Jughead so you could be with Betty, right? And she's like, what are you talking about? I know about? that was. And she's like, well, that's the kind of thing secret girlfriends do, right? You know.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Especially
2: in an episode filled with not a lot of, like, departures from yeah. the main plot. That was such a fun, like, weird thing for <laughs> right. her to be like. Where
0: she's <laughs> definitely done that, 100%. Yeah, she's killed some boys. Yeah, absolutely. To be with her secret girlfriends. Um, and uh, then we get, like, under the narration, Donna is looking at Jughead's Facebook
2: page. Yes. Uh, and the idea here is this is when Jughead's talking about the clock was ticking. And he uh, has to solve this mystery. Yes. Um, but there was no, like, he could have faked his death for any amount of time. Right. Right. The, so I think the real clock was the amount of time that Betty was, like, with Archie, like, <laughs> uh-huh. kissing him. Yeah. The real clock in this episode, oh, the old okay. bughead clock. Yeah. That's what I call
0: kissing, is yeah. a clock yeah
2: it's a kiss a clock <laughs> it's always kiss a clock somewhere buddy Yeah, that 's true that 's what I say every day when I finish work
0: uh and then he also after this is a, this is actually where the whole hand holding scene comes in Veronica looking upset uh but Jughead says it 's not a who did it it 's a why done it, yeah, which is pretty cool that 's a fun thing to say yes. Do you think he had the how-done-it?
2: Yeah. Oh, when-done-it? Where-done-it? He did have the where-done-it. Yeah. Because he died. And the sometimes-why-done-it? Yeah. Is that where that fits? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Yes. Um, Which-done-it? Which-done-it? That's what they do over at Sabrina. You had to take a second and Google that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Other word beginning (laughs) with WH. The old five W's, (laughs) almost. Uh, Yeah. So then we have... um, Betty coming into the uh, the sex bunker. They're kissing. We're going to b- blow Stonewall Prep out of the water. Right. And Did
0: you feel like the amount of time that they specified that it was Dilton's bunker, that I was like, that the writing staff was like, stop calling it the sex bunker. Well, <laughs> but it's weird
2: because they had written other people calling it the sex bunker a right. lot. Yes. And I this think this episode,
0: very specifically, they're like, this is Dilton's bunker where business happens.
2: And let me say, they've definitely, in a season where there was a lot about sex bughead sex uh like everyone's having sex this episode in this scene specifically i thought it was a, a purposeful choice cuz they're moving removing that from this and is it me or did betty feel like a little less excited than you would think <laughs> for both to like be kissing jughead which she yeah. did and also to just solve the in this scene it felt like she was like yeah let's go get him
0: I, she's definitely super into it, I think, most of the episode. Like, there's a lot of fun that Lily Reinhardt things yes. that she's doing in the background, but I... I think we're going to be reading into everything at this point, right? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> know about you. that. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I'm a course. straight up... I'm a journalist. I'm <laughs> yeah, an objective course. journalist when it comes to this. And okay. my beat is just these teens in uh, their romance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Maggie Haberman of figuring out right. if these teens are going to kiss. You work for the New York Times, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. I'm on the, the Riverdale teen beat. Yeah, front page of the New York Times. Teens kiss. Teens kiss. Yeah, Again, that old chestnut.
0: Yeah, New York Times is on it. Uh, I, I do think there is some holding back on some of the delivery in this episode. I don't know about that scene in particular, but there were definitely a couple of
2: times that I felt that. I I felt it. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm more sensitive to it. Yeah, there
0: was that one shot, which was weird, where it was Jughead talking, and then it cut to Betty, and then it cut back to Jughead, and it was Jughead, but instead of like a turkey head, he had an
2: Archie head. Yeah. And I was like, that is she was hungry weird. for Archie or what's going on here? And all those scenes where Betty's like a little bit behind Jughead, giving like a thumbs down. <laughs> She's like, boo, this guy
0: sucks. Yeah. And she was wearing that shirt that said, no,
2: no on Jughead. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> and, then, and a lot of the shirts here, you got to read them because there's a yeah. lot of messages on Yeah. Them. I don't like to read, though. Yeah. Uh so then we get to the
0: bulk of the episode. Uh, well, actually, oh, we should also mention uh, when Betty goes to the bunker. I wrote this down. Uh, Kisses Jughead. She's like, "Is our special guest here?" And he says, "He." She says, "He's showering as we speak," mm. which is such a weird, specific detail. Yeah, because I was like, "Who needs to shower? Who exactly. needs to take a shower?" And it turns out it is the guy it that makes, actually exactly. needs to take a shower.
2: That to me was a big clue in that who it was going to be. Yeah, uh, but it's also weird because it's a long ways to the sex bunker, right? And you got to unscrew the top. It's also
0: it's also a little bit of a pain because we're thinking about who is Donna Sweet's relative. Yeah, that's the special guest they need to bring. Right, but it turns out it's a different guest. Different special guest. Multiple yeah. special guests featured yes. in this episode. It's Plus, like an, it's like an episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live. What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so many special guests. Sounds like a sponsorship <laughs> hosted by Steve Boot or er, Steve Pete Buttigieg this week. Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back into the real world of Riverdale. Uh, they, we get to Stonewall and it's interesting that Mr. DuPont is just casually teaching a class where there are multiple dead students. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there are three students left. Well, from... we have three of them now. I know. Very chill about that. Uh, Jughead walks in, surprising everyone since he's uh, technically dead, and sets up the locked room mystery. Um, you
0: forgot to mention Dupont is teaching Crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment,
2: very on um, the, the nose. I, it's surprising because I guess there's no Shakespeare play that
0: was immediately applicable to what's going on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. He didn't write "The Villains Lose," did he? Uh,
0: that was one of his lesser-known cantos.
2: Indeed. Oh, canto's nice. Uh, and obviously, Betty's there with him, um, and she locks the door, um, and they are going to break this down. They take their cell phones. DuPont is somehow willing to go along with this for uh, any re- whatever reason. Sure.
0: Also, Jughead drops the rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated quote. Yes. Both Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt in this episode, I know I just said it about Lily Reinhardt, but they were just having so much fun. Yeah. It's great. And I, the villain cast, too, like... Uh, Sarah Desjardins, Sean Debner, Dorlan Mui, who plays Joan, and oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the guy who plays DuPont. But they were all villainating it up to exactly the right degree. Like, across the board, the bulk of the episode was taken up with them, and they really held attention the entire time, which I thought
2: was fun. Uh, Definitely. Everyone, yeah, they were like in they were so hard, hard committed to this and it really made the episode. Um and especially like it's wild how smarmy and confident uh, Betty and Jughead are. Yeah. And then that moment where he snaps into anger, I thought was very good. Um, yeah. I think that gave it the stakes underneath it. Cause their confidence talking about like Jughead's murder, I was like, oh, they're so like like being weird about it. And the anger underneath really that well, good also use. the fact
0: that they lock themselves in a room with murderers—yeah—is maybe like a bad move. I mean, I know that's a typical mystery move, and they were going for the whole Agatha Christie thing. But at the same time, they know these people have killed multiple people. Yeah, kind of a bad idea.
2: Now, well, they were a little off guard, and they probably don't bring a ton of weapons to class, right? Um, but and also, they took their cell phones. Yeah, and the cell phones—the ultimate weapon—they uh, took that away from them because of the information you exactly. can send down. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You can tweet. They say that the pen is mightier than the sword. Who says that? I think uh, ask Jughead. He <laughs> oh, knows okay. a lot of those. Was quotes. that Michael Caine in the Prestige? <laughs> yeah. The pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> That's a flawless Michael Caine.
0: That's great. I think Michael, he Caine, was here for Michael Caine,
2: who is a listener, will definitely compliment uh, us on that. Yes.
0: I'm taking a break from the ladies' Christopher Nolan movie <laughs> that I'm working on.
2: Eh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh so Junkhead launches into the legacy oh, I found you,
0: Mr. White.
2: <laughs> uh well for such so much emotion there. Thank you. He's I, very sad in that scene. Does
0: Michael Caine play Mr. DuPont? Is that who it is? <laughs> yeah, I th- oh yeah, that's what
2: it is. Uh Jughead talking about legacy, sins, cycles of violence, uh, and getting back into how DuPont and his grandfather Forsythe shared a room really setting up that this is a uh, sort of a clean line between the generations is where all this mystery is yeah. going to come from. Uh, also, sorry, this is jumping back a little bit, but I wrote down uh, Joan's delivery
0: on what is happening right now was very funny as well.
2: Joan, across the board, had some pretty wild lines. Yeah, uh, She hasn't gotten anything to do this season.
0: No, uh, Jonathan, even less, because he's dead.
2: He's dead. And they. I'll tell you what, the people are like, where's Jonathan? And no one's like... Oh, oh, he's dead.
0: <laughs> Jonathan, I don't
2: th- Is done. It's forgotten and not, will not be... Oh, not he's friends. definitely dead.
0: They killed him. They Don killed, him. killed no, him.
2: But I'm saying it's weird that that isn't talked about. Right. It,
0: it almost... And we'll get to this in a second. But one of the creaky points to me was like Jonathan's role in this mystery where it felt like... He didn't really have a role. They kind of had to figure it out. Even the characters of the show are like, I don't know what Jonathan was doing here. Well, he like, was like one person too
2: many. And in another of Joan's lines, where there's like, Well, whose job was it to check and see if Junkhead was dead? And she's like, Jonathan's. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets Why the is that a job? They should have, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of people there. That doesn't need to be a separate job. Exactly. That could have, It could have been a, a paired rock pulse check job.
0: Right. Or Brett just walked into the woods. He could have leaned down. Huh. Fucking leaned
2: down, Brett. Honestly, I would have made it redundant had it, multiple people check his pulse. <laughs> that right. was maybe the most important part. Right. I don't know. I, I would even know. have multiple rocks. I am
0: constantly hitting people with rocks, and I'm never checking to see if they're dead.
2: Yeah. Well, that's why you haven't been convicted of murder yet. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I would call them pebbles. I've gotten away with it. And you know what?
0: I've ended up with a lot of book contracts that way.
2: That's true. Yeah. You're uh, writing the... um... Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just think of some children's books really quickly. Um... Uh, Harry Potter. Nice. Good. Good. I was thinking of the the one with murder in it. The scary one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The scary one with murder in it? For kids?
2: Yeah. For kids. There was a TV show with Jim Hannibal, Cary. Jim Carrey. That's it, Hannibal. Hannibal, <laughs> great show. I read that upstairs. to my kids. Zodiac, every- that's what I'm Zodiac.
0: You. Yes, good book. My uh, five-year-old really wants to know uh, where the Zodiac killer is, and I told him he's uh, self-quarantining right
2: now. Nice, good, good, good. Topical, uh, maybe topical. not topical
0: by the time this goes up.
2: Nah, Hillstein. It's two it's supposed to be two weeks of quarantine. Oh, wow, you never know whose hand he shook. Yeah, he's on cruise control. Oh, good. You guys know what we're talking about. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Hey, you know who loves figuring out puzzles? Jughead Jones. And you know who else loves figuring out puzzles? Me. And you. And that's why you're going to love Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a casual matching puzzle game, so you can play it during commercials while watching Riverdale and jump in and out. It's also playable off the internet, so you can take it anywhere and still keep playing. Plus, things are always changing in the world of Best Fiends since they keep releasing updates. I'm up to level 125 now, and I'm still being challenged every day with new fun surprises. Plus, this is a free download. You can upgrade by paying for stuff, but there's no paywall. You can actually keep playing it free forever if you want. At full disclosure, this episode was sponsored by Best Fiends. Just like Jughead figuring out the Stonies, though, you probably figured that out, too, you absolute genius. Hey, here's some info you'll want to know. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Best Fiends.
2: Uh, back into the mystery, um, we get, uh, the moose becomes an important. Character yes. here, and um, the piece that he played.
0: So Moose was, as we reestablish in this episode, Moose was Jughead's roommate. He was already there by the time Jughead arrived, uh, and as we know from watching the show, uh, what happened with Moose is that he disappeared. He was urged to leave by Chipping, and Chipping, in fact, basically forced him to rejoin the army. Uh, so that was going on with Moose. Um, but we start to fill in a little bit of the
2: pieces there. Again, maybe it sort of makes sense to just sort of lay all this out as one, because the way it was told in here was a little bit backwards, and now that we know it, we can say that Moose and Jughead uh, were both invited to the school. Moose was invited to be the victim um, because the contest to take over the Baxter brothers is not to just write a good story. It's to murder someone. Right.
0: Which is interesting that people kind of figured it out, but in the wrong way. Like yeah. A lot of people, and we speculated about this a bit on the podcast, was that Jughead was writing the perfect murder, and that's what he was doing. Yeah, But in fact... It was the uh, almost the opposite way around, or like maybe you know, uh, not 180 degrees, but almost all the way around. Where instead, these people have to commit a murder essentially to join the cult that is writing the Baxter Brothers. Yes, and it also seems like they only barely reference this, but it seems like it's not actually the Baxter Brothers folks who are doing that. It's all Dupont.
2: Yes, right. He is labeled, by the end, the serial killer that set this whole thing up. And I, I'm a little confused because is the idea that all of the people in the class conspire to kill one other person, and then they all write the books together? I guess. Because that is a little odd. odd. Or right. is the idea... So where we end up, it's like whoever's planet was then takes over as the well, author, to, which is ostensibly To work through
0: in chronological yeah. order, uh, DuPont back in the day was in class with a couple of people, including Charles W. Chickens.
2: Uh, is it, of- uh, perhaps <laughs> the biggest reveal of the episode. Was oh, he the, was
0: mentioned. He was, was it, mentioned before.
2: The, it, oh, he was. Yeah. I was not familiar with Charles Chickens. And I will say... I'm excited about I it I think we
0: I think I recapped that episode With Pete Nah, Maybe uh, But there was a thing At the end of an episode Where After Betty was like Write your fucking story Jughead Stop putting it off And solving mysteries And he did write a story And as a treat He got to investigate A little mystery uh, Where he found out That Charles W. Chickens uh, Whatever Donna's grandmother Spoiler Ends yes. up uh, Dallas was there, it's in her, Dallas was in her
2: name Yeah uh, Bryce Dallas Howard I
0: think <laughs> <laughs> uh, So Charles W. Chickens Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. And whoever the third person were uh, Died mysteriously and They found that Yeah And I think that was the one Where they were like Yeah the game is afoot No the bigger game we're playing That's where that quote came in That yeah. whole scene With Betty and Jughead So they did establish that before uh, Forsyth was, uh, The first Forsyth Was also in that class Yeah he wrote the Baxter Brothers novel, sold it to DuPont for 5000 bucks. Yeah, not a lot of money. Not a lot Ripped of money. Uh, and then DuPont was like, you know what we're going to do is we're going to set up the perfect murder, and that's how you're going to become the ghostwriter. writer. Uh, also, Bryce Dallas Howard wrote the first Tracy True yep. novel. Yes. And so DuPont murdered two of them. Not Charles W. chickens, but the other one ran. Told Forsyth was like, "Oh shit, he's murdering all of us off so he could steal these book ideas." Uh, and uh, Forsyth said he was going out for cigarettes instead. He's spent Eighteen years looking for clues.
2: Yeah, very poorly. Clearly, yeah, not a lot of, not a great not, detective. Not,
0: and in the meantime, every time there's been a ghost writer. Of the Baxter Brothers novels in order to prove themselves, they've had to commit the perfect murder and then write a novel. And then I assume, well, DuPont didn't murder them, but Chipping, the latest one, felt really bad about it.
2: He felt guilty, and that's why he got... Moose was set up to be the next victim, so he pushed Moose out the door. um, And then feeling that guilt too intensely... Killed himself. Right. And one of the ghostwriters was supposed to be Donna, Joan, Jonathan, or
0: Brett. Yes. They brought in Jughead as almost a side thing to get Forsyth out of hiding.
2: It was DuPont's plan to reveal Forsyth who could catch, get him caught, essentially. And then when Moose left, that made Jughead the victim. Right. And... I think DuPont just took on too much, honestly. That's like, it. running two things at just the same time. Just explaining that was difficult. Yeah. I can't imagine having them also murder.
0: Right. <laughs> Very difficult. Just yeah. bring in a new student who is not Jughead. I assume he was, like, literally kill two birds with one stone. But
2: yeah. And they should have simplify. had a victim that had a, I don't know, like a thinner hat. Or right. something Or no hat Right very, Take off the hat Very Because we all know that Jughead's beanie is almost like a tortoise shell <laughs> uh, A hard hat <laughs> Protecting him from all
0: wounds Yeah, there was that episode, I think, in season one Where a bunch of bricks fell on him And he just went out,
2: ow, 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 ow One after the other Yes And then he uh, An anvil fell on him And he went Yeah, didn't, it, didn't hurt him at all Right He is a cartoon Yeah Um we sort of gl- i mean we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. Uh, we gloss over or move past quickly the idea that Donna did make up those uh the sexual assault uh thing with yes. uh, <laughs> with mr <laughs> chipping um and it's not again not touched on so right. uh, all that talk we had like I think the show's going to figure it out. They just made Donna a worse villain, right, and then it was like that's you have to be that bad to do that, yeah, so I think they. They solved it in one way, but also glossed over it heavily in another
0: way. Yeah, I mean, I think this is obviously, like, a very nuanced argument that feels like sticking your hand into a hornet's nest here. Yes. But... Uh, to your point, the way that I took it is, if you look at the episode, and you look at Donna in the episode, she does, she is straight up a villain, yeah. does a bunch of fucked up shit. This is one of the fucked up things that she yeah. does, uh, but she is a bad guy. Yes. And that's kind of th- the most that I think personally I can pin on it.
2: Agreed. Um, so then we get... Uh, we, we, we sort of walk through the plot uh, in general, and... Uh, Let's see.
0: Um, Yeah, so, I mean, just kind of going through and reading off some notes and other things and things that we expand on. uh, So you mentioned Jughead's angry shut up to DuPont, which was great. I thought that was great. And he says, I have the conch, which I was like, it's funny. I actually didn't know uh, that came from... Lord of the Flies. Thank you. I was about to say Pig
2: Island. I was thinking that, too. I was like, it's Pig something. I thought it was Pig Beach, which is a restaurant in Brooklyn. Yeah, but is. that's not it. No, that's not it at all. It's
0: Lord
3: of the There's Flies. There's a character,
0: Piggy, who gets his head pig. cut off and yes. stuck on a...
3: Yeah, pike. a big pike.
0: That, that's where that came from. But now it's, it's Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I, I didn't realize the eye of the Koch came for that. Because we used to say that in college all the time when we were talking. But... It's because you only
2: finished eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have any other references. Yeah. You should read The Great Gatsby. You're going to really like it. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, yes, I didn't think that. I feel like that's become, it's become such a phrase, and I feel like, If someone were like, quick, quick, tell me where I have the conscience from, I would be like, Survivor? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Some sort of beach? Pig Beach? Yeah, is it Pig Pig Beach? Beach, The restaurant in Brooklyn that I've barbecued? barbecue? Uh,
0: So yeah, there's also, there's another little bit of weirdness that I couldn't quite figure out. Uh, So getting back to the affair thing, Betty confronts Donna about the affair and reveals that she also knows about Mr. Cotter, who doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, what I was assume, going on there? Donna was just practicing or what's happening? Uh,
2: I think it, it felt like it, the idea was she was giving herself more validity for her accusation by having it have happened before. But it was weird. Also, there was Mr. Cotter, which is maybe a reference to the seventies sitcom. I think so. Which is well, par- like
0: Mr. Chipping, which is Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Yeah. Uh, so I it,
2: was, it was. There was definitely, something about there. Like, yeah.
0: That was definitely one of the creaky things. Uh, the other creaky thing to me, which comes up pretty soon after that, after they reveal the whole thing about Chipping and how he got his contract and one of the Stonewall Farge disappeared, is they mention they're like and. Ryan Allen, the previous ghostwriter, also killed a student. Yeah. And this, to me, is like, this is classic Riverdale mystery where like, we didn't give you one piece of information <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and granted, like, you probably could have figured that out if maybe it was on the board somewhere, if you looked yeah. in the background. But, like, that's kind of an important clue Yes, that wasn't at all mentioned previously, as far as I know.
2: But if they had given that clue, it would have been like, Oh, the author kills a person. Right. It was too... It's not a clue that sort of gives away the whole game.
0: Right. But if that was the thing that... The the thing is like... And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in a bit. Where last episode where they were like, this is it. This is the thing about Donna Sweet that we need to unravel this whole mystery. That actually was the clue they needed to unravel the whole mystery.
2: Right. I think the idea was that Jughead had already gotten all of that mystery solved. Sure. And it was only the reveal of Donna that made her the mastermind. Um, Right. Because DuPont was already sort of caught. Okay. But they knew that Donna was involved and they hadn't been able to sort of pin anything on her. So that is the thing that made her sort of orchestrating it all because of her revenge.
0: Okay. That sounds fair.
2: I'll I'll allow that. Uh, great. <laughs> I definitely know what I'm talking about. Yes, I, I believe you. <laughs> and I can repeat what I just said again back because I'll tell you I what, know.
0: I was definitely listening and I understood all of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. we're professionals. Again, we're journalists. Um <laughs>
0: So uh, then we get,
2: And then we get into sort of the meat of the actual night of Jughead's attempted murder. Yeah. Um, we get uh, everyone. Wh- fl-
0: which was great. Like uh, yeah. like I was talking about earlier, this is the point where we start to get scenes and actually expand on them. Yeah. And I'd be fascinated to know what order they filmed everything in. Yeah. Like, did they go back and film these scenes again? Did they film them originally and cut them short? Uh, because it kind of felt like it might have been that. Like, at least for some of them.
2: I think for some of them, but, like, I feel like they must have reshot the fire scene, for instance. Right. Um. I, like, a lot of this stuff, it feels like it would have been so hard f- for them to just... The mindfuck of shooting the limited part and being like, uh, edit that, that's one episode. And then many episodes later being like, here's the rest of those scenes. <laughs> right. And having... Well, uh, the fire scene, for example, I mean, that was shot from a different angle. So exactly. like, they clearly went
0: back and shot that. But yeah. I think some of the stuff in the woods, it felt like it was just
2: extended scenes, yeah. maybe. It could be. Well, not, we don't know that, but maybe we can find out from some Riverdale insiders. Um, so then uh, uh, we find out they collaborated on it. Joan blows the secret by saying Jonathan was supposed to check his pulse, which was very <laughs> funny. Even <laughs> Betty and Jughead are sort of like, Joan. You're not a pro. Right.
0: So just to review that, actually, like, do the same thing we did with the first half, with the second half. Uh, so Jughead did, in fact, follow Brett into the woods. That was yes. Brett's job. Got there. When he got there, uh, Jones' job was to hit him with a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, great job. Yep. Nailed Good it. work if you can get it. Very tiny rock. Uh, yes. Uh, well, they said it was a large rock. But it looks pretty small. It does look small. That's because Joan's got those big, meaty heads.
2: Yeah. Well, plus, like, how are you going to carry a big rock. Right.
0: So they hit him with the rock. Uh, meanwhile, Donna is blowing the devil's breath on Betty, mesmerizing her. We get to see her leading her, handing her the rock, making him stand over. Of course, Jonathan forgot to do his job.
2: Not a licensed EMT, not good at checking the pulse.
0: Uh, they wander back into the party. Betty and Archie are there. They go back from the party. Veronica and Archie. Uh, oh,
2: Don't mix them Uh-oh. up. oh Common problem.
0: <laughs> what? Uh, so Veronica and Archie are there. They go back into the woods. Same as before, Archie. Archie, it seems like Jughead actually does die.
2: He doesn't. He seems to not have a pulse. He doesn't have a pulse. He's lying there for a while. Though I will say Archie is the Jonathan of the Riverdale. Sure. Form. Yeah,
0: that's fair. In that he's going to die soon. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then they use CPR to resuscitate him. And we get to see that. He immediately is like, no hospitals. Doesn't know why.
2: Which That was weird. That is weird. Um I think the idea of that is Jughead even in his uh state was like so dedicated to solving this mystery right. it's the first thing top of mind even when he can't think of anything else he's like Don't take me to the hospital. I need the cover of being dead to give me time to solve this. And then he falls asleep for 36 hours. Which is a long, a worrisome (laughs) amount of time. That is a
0: long time, but that also like that explains the timeline of what we got the last episode where they're trying to stretch things out until he wakes up, until they can figure this out. Uh, And that's why Betty is killing so much time in the last episode.
2: And also why Betty is really upset for the first bit of time. She doesn't know if, and I thought that did a great job of explaining the way that I was talking about last episode, how Veronica sort of doesn't know what's going on or is sort of like, what are we going to do? Yeah. And it makes sense because they still don't know if Jughead is going to make it. And I thought that was a very smart way to, tie up those little loose ends.
0: Yes. And let's uh, talk about something that doesn't make sense, or at least uh, they're doing the best they possibly can with, which is, so Charles, as we mentioned, they call Charles smart move.
2: Yep. Immediately. We can trust his
0: milkman come.
2: Yep. I think think it's interesting. Betty calls Charles. We can trust him. And I feel like she will eat those words by the end of this season. I
0: think so, too. Yeah. Uh, crazy that I guess the FBI knows all about this and is just not saying anything about this. I feel
2: like Charles has a little section of the FBI where it's like he can do whatever he wants. Like sure, a lawless part of the FBI. I,
0: I don't even want to look into it so much. It just feels very Riverdale to me where it's like, eh, that's how the FBI, FBI
2: stands for FBI. I can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and he's like, burn all your clothes because they are, the, again, this is something people were wondering about because. They didn't get a lot of blood on them initially, but here we see they are slathered with his blood from picking him up, and moving him over. Uh, He says, burn all your clothes. And this is where we get the other creaky part to be. They finally work in the dialogue from that flash-forward scene, and it is very, you horrible, horrible, terrible, wonderful, bad type scene, where it's like, what? Uh, Where did this come from? Where they're like, uh, oh, God, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. What if he's not okay? Well, in that scenario, yeah. let me just throw this out In this you.
2: hypothetical scenario, we'll never speak again so we don't get <laughs> caught for killing our friend. Even though the but FBI going about it. But hopefully that's not going to happen. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was. But I think, I mean, that, that's the challenge they laid in front of themselves. Of course. And I think, yes. like, as far as that challenge goes, like, I think they did a great job of Joining up all of the plot and action from this season with that very intense speech uh, that was like, yeah. how are they ever going to do this? And they did do it. It's just it's inherently going to feel a little weird because <laughs> word for word, that's a crazy sentence. <laughs> yes. And they didn't. kill. That, it.
0: That's why I'm saying they're doing the best they can. Like exactly. it was a
2: heroic effort to make
0: that work. It doesn't quite work. But that's okay. Yeah. And we move on from there. Then
2: we get one of my favorite moments where we get Curdle in on it. Curdle counting that case. Just like...
0: Jughead caking on the death makeup as well, which is very nice. Uh, But yeah, Dr. Curdle was in on it because of the money. Uh, And uh, yeah, this is where we find out... Jughead and Betty went to go talk to the ghost writers. DuPont killed the original writing group. Yeah. Uh, he calls him a man of dishonor, calling back to the classic Riverdale episode from the season, Man of Honor.
2: Yes, and th- this is where the light really turns just on DuPont for this whole next section. And he's the one, the original sinner, basically, and is a serial killer is what Jughead calls him because people knew the truth. We already talked about this uh, a little bit Um Oh well, first Charles FP and then Forsyth uh, enter,
0: and I love this family lineup. here. Yeah. I thought this was great. All the uh, Jones men, including Charles, who is a Jones man as well, yeah. just like in the room at the same time, unraveling the mystery. You get to see that, like, no Forsyth isn't just a drug; he is part of this line of crime-solving men.
2: Yeah, great. It is. It was great, and everyone has a little part. FP is like sort of like. You motherfuckers! (laughs) And Charles was like, I'm gonna arrest you, and I will in a moment. Uh, It was everyone has their own little superpower when it comes to the Jones men, and they got to use them. I mean, it it is sort of a Justice League thing, like, yeah, uh, or Avengers if you want to go that way. Like Jughead is like the Batman; he has the he's the the detective above all of them. Um, Charles is uh, I'm gonna try to do this. (laughs) Charles is the Superman. Uh, okay um, F- Sure FP is sort of another Batman <laughs>
0: <laughs> And Forsyth is like a uh, third older <laughs> Batman
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I nailed that exactly correctly That's
0: good I, Yeah Yeah, That's my ideal <laughs> Justice League <lineup>. Wonder Woman <laughs> Uh, But I did like this turn for Forsyth here as well. I did like this explanation. It's bonkers that he's like, I've been trying to figure this out for 18 years.
2: (laughs) What has he been doing? I don't know. I
0: don't know. He doesn't get Google in the woods.
2: Yeah.
0: It's fine. But it's clear, like, again, a very Riverdale redemption for Forsyth. That leads into a very sweet scene of him sitting down and talking with FP later on, yeah. uh, which is nice. And uh, clearly the shower did him good. There's a lot more color in his beard. Yes, he, it's looks, very
2: he looks good.
0: He's more kempt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he, he explains everything. Uh, Charles quizzes Joan... Oh, uh, oh! sorry. I completely skipped by the most important uh, thing uh, where DuPont is like, no, I'm a builder. I'm not going to do this. And you know exactly what's coming at this exactly. point. Exactly. He's definitely going, going
2: out that fucking he's window. He's
0: going out the same fucking window as Chippy.
2: Yeah. I knew. As soon as the way they shot it, too, he's sort of like edging toward it. Yeah. I can't Edding believe nobody
0: caught on either. Yeah. Jughead should have been like, don't you go out that fucking yeah. window. Don't wish you somebody stand
2: it. in front of the window, hey, anybody get in front of that window. Yep, that's the chipping window.
0: And I felt bad for that window, and I felt bad for whoever has to uh, refenestrate that window. Oh,
2: that window. I know. The refenestration team at Stonewall <laughs> has just been burning. Like, oh, God damn it. Plus, it's also it's a glass window. It's, it's steam glass window. Yes,
0: it's, that takes time. Yeah,
2: it's d- very difficult. Stonewall doesn't have that sort of budget. I will say it was amazing how DuPont got a lot of air so much of the landed on the sidewalk, which was right. a quite a leap.
0: He did. I will also say, uh, Chipping went more cleanly through that window. Yes.
2: DuPont left a lot of jagged edges. And he sort of, like, hit his knees on the right. stone wall. And <laughs> 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 to be clear, I don't
0: want to make fun of anybody uh, committing suicide or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, he, he sucked. <laughs>
2: Uh, then we get into sort of the the aftermath and setup. So that that's sort of the end of the action here. And there's a lot of Charles interviewing Joan, who. Um Gets away Basically Because she has Diplomatic immunity Turns
0: out she's a diplomat Yeah Not Brett Which Donna lied about
2: Oddly Right Uh,
0: Uh, And she says You have nothing to offer me He says You'll never be able To come back And she's like You'll never be able To see your friends And she's like What friends Yeah Which I don't like these people Yeah, My
2: only friend was Jonathan Yeah (laughs) (laughs) And I killed him I Uh, think I did anyway. I never checked his pulse.
0: Yes. Uh, Donna just lying all over the place. Charles says it was Brett's idea, says she got the pin from DuPont. She's glad the real monster has paid for his crimes. And Charles kind of leaves it, and we find out later because it pays off with Betty. Yeah. But then we get one of the craziest Yo. scenes in the episode. So
2: there, there's a series of crazy things that happen now. But this one, I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> with this scene. Brad is trying to cut a deal with Charles because he still has the sex tape. And Charles is like, okay, let me think about it. And he leaves, and in walks Jughead and FP, who gleefully. Oh my God, beat the, the expression the shit out on of-
0: Jughead's face when he puts on the brass knuckles. <laughs> Is one of the craziest things I've seen on the show,
2: and it like I'm like okay, that's fine. Jughead, these are our heroes here who are like really, and I know he's a villain, right? And, and I'm they're like,
0: serpents. They're, they're serpents, they're
2: serpents. So I'm like, that makes sense. But to come back and see Brett, just I was just like, Destroy. Oh my god, it was very, it was too graphic. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was too much.
0: I I think there is something satisfying about it though because Sean Deppner... Uh, as far as has been reported, is a lovely man. Yes. Uh, plays nothing but douchebags on television. It is very satisfying to see his stupid face get the shit kicked out of it. But I agree with you. It is to the point where it's like, oh, my God. He's going to need I just, reconstructive surgery. Exactly. Jesus his Christ. bones,
2: his cheekbones, look, everything uh, looked broken. I was like, too much. Yeah. Jones's? Uh, they find the tapes behind the crest, which is a the Stonewall crest. Yep. Very inconvenient place to hide them.
0: Uh, and Jughead destroys the sex tape. Yes. which is great.
2: Good, got that out of the way.
0: Yeah, must apologies to the one person who had Tumblr asked me if we're going to see the sex tape
2: <laughs> <laughs> on Tumblr. Of uh, course, Tumblr, yeah. anyone on Tumblr is like, I want that sex tape. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. Uh, the uh, so we then we get a new story. Uh, RIVW News, where um, where Alice ends the deeply disturbing story about murder, corruption, and all that, with, it's good to be back, Riverdale.
0: I was like, what?
2: I could not believe that.
0: And then the whole family is watching it, and they're all like,
2: yay. They're hooray, and they're like, it's time for cake. Murder cake. We solved all these murders. I made a cake.
0: Oh, my God. I love the scene so much. That's such... Classic Alice to be yeah. like goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I know <It> was <laughs> goodbye from the scene of the this suicide that happened, uh, and then FP and Alice kiss in front yeah. of everybody. Very sweet, and everybody's like, "Oh, gross!" Mom and Dad, we're all related.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know no one gets grossed out when the rest of them kiss.
0: <laughs> the whole, the whole sequence of events. It was just. It was. I don't know if it was, like, a release or what it was, but it was so many ludicrous, funny things it was. in a row.
2: It was funny, and that's that's prime Riverdale, and that's the Riverdale I want to see.
0: Right. And well, and then we also get another very funny scene. Like, it doesn't end up being exactly funny, but uh, Betty says she has one last T to cross, uh, and Donna walks into her room, and of course, Betty is sitting there with the yeah. lights off, Click probably for hours.
2: Yeah, just hanging out,
0: hanging out. Turns on the light. Uh, great, and yeah. confronts Donna. And I, I loved how this turned out. Like I love seeing them. Womano, a womano,
2: womano, womano. Yes, yeah, easy to say. Uh, very easy to say. Yeah, uh, a quote from uh, Pig Beach, I believe, originally. <laughs> um, and we get all the revelations that Betty's the granddaughter, one of the original members of Donna's. Cool. The granddaughter. Oh, sorry, Donna. Yes. Yeah, Um, who Bryce Dallas Howard um, and that (laughs) Tracy true was her grandmother's invention. And she is the whole reason she was involved in this plot is to get Tracy true back, which is what she does. She is awarded the contract to write the Baxter brothers books and they're going to rebrand as Tracy true. So Donna was getting away with this murder successfully and winning. Um, And Betty's like, no, right. She doesn't turn her in. She says, give up the contract I'm going to be watching you. (laughs) Right. And is like taking the law into her own hands. Yeah. She
0: specifically says, you play nice from now on, Donna. I'll be keeping an eye on you. And And says she'll release all the evidence to all the paper in the world uh, if if she does anything. And I I don't know. I think this is a good ending because I'm a big fan of Riverdale keeping the villains around. Like, I, I like... Having Evelyn still around in the background. I like having Donna still around in the background yeah. because you know she can come back at some point and turn the tables on Betty yeah. once again. The
2: rogues gallery of this show is ever expanding.
0: Yeah. And, and that's we, great. Like, that's yeah. good for the life of the show to
2: have uh, 100%. People. And Cheryl has the line like two scenes later where she's like, no one ever stays dead in Riverdale. And yeah. I think that's very applicable to that. But before that, we get the badass walkout. Great. Uh, Betty just so much fun loving it. Then she's down in the sex bunker with Jughead. They're like, we solved eight murders. Yeah,
0: well, uh, before that, right? Oh, right. Yes, Jughead is packing up the sex bunker. Uh, Right. They put a stop to DuPont, solved eight murders, and uh, gave justice to their children. Yeah. She's like, I wouldn't call that a waste of time.
2: And I think that's nice. And I also love, they're like, let's take this murder stuff off the sex bunker, because that's a real buzzkill to the sex. Yeah.
0: Uh, And Betty tells him that he'll find some sort of meaning in this. Yeah. Uh, some sort of truth
2: Or maybe move on to another problem Like my affair with Archie That's happening very right. soon
0: Well hold on L- Let's hold on to that thought Because this is exactly what Cheryl Talks about Cheryl is not surprised That Jughead is back alive uh, But she also didn't think That Betty and Archie was fake And says
2: your secret is safe with me Well I love she's like Cheryl is all of us All yeah. of the, us Barchie, guy, Archie, Barchie people out there When she's like That looked pretty real yeah <laughs> Which I was like What a perfect way Of saying that Yeah Cause that's I, what we all It's think.
0: interesting though To have Cheryl say that I feel like Like I don't know What other character Would say it but it's interesting to Veronica, have Cheryl say... Ver-
2: Veronica, for one.
0: Right, Veronica, for one. But that would be a different, contentious yes. conversation. Uh, because Cheryl seems to not like Betty and Archie at all. She's always the one that discovers them and immediately is like, I need to tell the entire school and yeah. also specifically Veronica. Yeah. So to have her be like kind of playful about it...
2: She also just likes hot goss. Yes. Uh, so
0: Kevin would have been the right person to put that.
2: Uh, yes, but Kevin's a little too innocent. He'd be like... Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, What's whoa. going on? Ah. When Cheryl is like, she's like, I got you. I get it. And yeah. like, cause Cheryl's devious. And that's yes. what the person you want to be having that, quote unquote, secret.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's another fun exchange after this. Uh, Mr. Huddy isn't happy about accepting Jughead back into Riverdale High. Uh, and then he says to Betty, nobody is going to try to kill. At least nobody's going to try to kill me while I'm here. And she says, don't jinx
2: yourself. I know. I was <laughs> like, like <"Hey>, these <laughs> teens are very f- Casual I mean, with murder. Yeah, they've dealt with murder
0: almost yeah. on a weekly basis for the past four years. Uh, Grandpa is hanging around talking to FP. He'll still be talking to him when he get back.
2: All those FPs together. Yes. FP3.
0: It's great. I like having them talk, and I like FP's talk with Jughead as well. He thanks him for reuniting him with his dad and hugs him. And then we get a great final scene. Yeah. Like, absolutely great. The four of them hanging out at Pop's. Uh, Archie saying let's make a vow And everybody be like boo,
2: boo <laughs> Shut up
0: uh, And he says no 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 Let's end our senior year on a high note um, B and V Swear they're going to help Jughead And Archie graduate
2: That's great, And the whole rest of the season is going to be studying
0: well, this is uh, hold on, hold on to that thought. I do want to talk about that at the end before we wrap up here. Uh, we also get uh, no more mysteries. Make graduating your sole job in life. Uh, Kevin is posting up a sign-up sheet for the variety show. Uh, and which we know is going to be the musical episode, which is yeah. going to be about a month from now. Uh, they say, count us in, Kev, and they're all chatting and having a great time and smiling as outside the rain starts to pick up, mm. which, of course, is that like final ominous note there. Yeah. But I loved, like everybody smiling and having a good time. I kept waiting for
2: that drop to hit where I thought they there was flash gonna be...
0: forward once again.
2: I, w- I thought they were going to flash forward, and I was like... Are you telling me anytime Archie's like let's chink that's like cheers our milkshakes <laughs> they're going to flash over and be like fuck archie's <laughs> on fire or some kind of like crazy thing Yeah. Uh but no it didn't they happen
0: didn't. they were just happy and i think that only note was that rain outside Uh but let's talk about this like we have 6 episodes left Yeah. Do you honestly think like at this point we're just going to have Senior prob graduation, getting into college, leaving town. That's it.
2: No, no way. Like, there has to be another, the stakes get higher. That's what Riverdale is, right? And but it's such a compressed timeline, and they saw like they can't go back to Stonewall, right? That's over with. So, the only things we have really left sort of on our plate. We've talked about this a bunch, or the videotapes. Yeah, Charles and Chick. Yeah, Mister Honey. Right. Maybe some Blossom stuff. Maybe
0: they, I think they're done with that, though.
2: I don't know. Penelope's she's trapped in the Maple Penelope, Club. Yeah. <laughs> is that?
0: Is she? Penelope is wearing a mask and living in the Maple Club. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while, but yeah. that's fine. That's resolved as well. No,
2: but that's why right. that feels a little unresolved, perhaps. Right. But There's like, also
0: Hiram's sickness. Which is kind
2: of in the background,
0: whatever Hermosa is doing. I guess she's now a PI with a bar in
2: Miami (laughs) solving crimes. (laughs) Solving crimes. Yeah. Uh, Solving Miami crimes. Uh, Cocaine crimes. Yes. Uh, But, uh, I mean, that's so that's a lot. And they have to sort of make a pile out of that.
0: Right. And that's, I mean, you say that's a lot, but that's before the Riverdale logo comes up next episode.
2: Yes. And I think they have to they have to reset the board. They have to, like, lay yeah. out all those details. Like, the videotape thing has to escalate next episode, yeah. I think.
0: It has to. Well, it also, I feel like it has to connect in some way because... I don't know. I'm very curious about the structure of the season because this mystery, this jughead mystery, was so strong and so compelling throughout. Do you really end that at the 16th episode and then never talk about that again for the last six episodes? Because that's almost like a 16 episode season and then an extra six episode season at the end.
2: But then maybe that's sort of like the teen movie. Then it's a six yeah. episode movie about prom graduation and whatever horrible thing is going to happen yeah. during those events the musical prom graduation yeah. we're going to see those three things
0: the craziest most shocking thing would be if they just pivoted to relationship drama at the end here like if it was just if they like whole hog went into barchi varchi bughead figure that whole thing out that
2: would be the most shocking thing to but me. i don't think they would ever do that without a mystery yeah, like they this but, show well, is yeah, that's
0: part and parcel with the show. This right? show
2: is mystery driven. I don't think they can just do character interpersonal relationship stuff. Right. I do think that will be a part of it. I think and that that's enough to be a cliffhanger, I think. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the the season. Um, But I don't know. I think there has to be enough for sort of meat in the grinder to get us yeah. to that. That can be happening underneath, and that can be the end. And I think
0: it's the videotape thing. I mean, I think you could say that, like, that has been seeded two, three times throughout or something like that. So there's a justification for going forward with that,
2: And I think Charles is someone who has existed throughout the entire season, even though he hasn't been a focus of this plot. Like, he's around enough to have him be the central villain for the last six episodes. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, before we wrap up, though, MVP
2: for the episode. Not a lot of options. No, not really. Um, I mean, uh, I really want to say Cheryl because she is me
0: <laughs> in this episode at the
2: very end in the four sure. lines that she has. Um, but I mean, with the episode being what it is, I think it's. Uh, I got to give it to Betty. Uh, yeah, and this, like, she's. Uh, she 's not the victim of this, but she was like sort of the uh, the the co the co investigator in this, and she was the one who was driving it. She had to bear the burden of so much of what happened. she had to suffer through ju- not knowing if Jughead would live and also still be out there active dealing with all of it while yeah. Jughead was just in the think tank, also known as the sex bunker, <laughs> putting it all together
0: uh, i got to give it to Jughead I think you know i betty 's pretty close for me, but just great episode for him, really did bring this whole mystery together in a very satisfying way, I think, and uh, it's it's been a great acting challenge for Cole Sprouse as well. This is the most I've enjoyed him on the show, and I just think... The whole Stonewall storyline has been such a comfort zone for him. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah. It's been a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. I, I'm very happy with how this all turned
2: out. Plus the fact that they actually hit him over the head of the rock and he was... In slept, real life, it, yeah. It says they slept for 36 hours. He was, When he woke up, he was like,
0: best sleep of my life. Yeah.
2: He was like, no hospital.
0: No more method <laughs> acting. That's a pretty typical thing you hear on sets of TV shows
2: and movies is actors moaning, no hospital. <laughs> no hospital. Exactly. <laughs> (laughs) No, I smoke. Keep paying me. (laughs) <laughs> SAG insurance.
0: If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will chat with you about Riverdale socially. You can check us out on Twitter or at Riverdale after at Riverdale dark on Instagram and Riverdale after dark on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. And on iTunes in particular, please leave us a comment. Those help us out quite a bit. We appreciate it Comicbookclublive.com For this podcast and more And we'll see you After dark Barchy
2: Sideways (laughs) Maybe rising Question mark (laughs)